Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson once went on a camping trip. After dinner, uh, cooked over the open fire, they laid down for the night and went to sleep. And some hours later, Sherlock Holmes awoke and nudged his faithful friend and said, Watson, look up at the sky and tell me what you see. And Watson replied, I see millions of stars. And Holmes then said, well, what does that tell you? And Watson thought for a moment and then he said, astronomically, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Chronologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Meteorologically, wow, that's a big one, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant. What does it tell you, Holmes? Sherlock Holmes was quiet for a moment and then he said, Elementary, my dear Watson, it tells me that someone has stolen our tent. A couple of you waited a second to get that one. That was good. I mean, it's a good day for a dad joke, don't you think? I mean, we'll see in a minute, though, that, uh, that actually David in the Bible had kind of the same sort of experience that uh, Dr. Watson did of staring up at the sky and pondering it all. Last week we started this series called Summer Mixtape, and throughout the summer we'll be studying what is probably the most well-known, most quoted book in the whole Bible, the Psalms. It's a book of songs and poetry that's been around for about 3,000 years, and uh, you could probably call it the soundtrack of the people of God. These songs were used in their worship gatherings and, and in, in homes for generations and, and passed down to today. And uh, if, if they had the, uh, the awesome technology of the 80s, they might have recorded these onto cassette tapes and handed them out to their friends. And uh, I think some of us probably, uh, probably had cassette tapes with some of these songs on them. Uh, today we're going to be looking, so last week we started at the very beginning with Psalm 1. Uh, there's 150 of them. We're not going to hit all of them in the summer, but we're going to jump ahead to Psalm 8 in just a minute. And, uh, and so if, uh, I believe I told you last week, but, but a lot of the Psalms have the, these little notations. It has the number of the Psalm, and then it has notations, maybe who wrote it, or what it was written for, or, or when it was written, or where it was written, or, or uh, a combination of those things. Uh, so this Psalm, Psalm 8, is attributed to David. And many, many Psalms are attributed to David. Uh, most scholars believe that David wrote these songs at various points in his life. Sometimes you can tell uh, from the notations of what, what, when it was written. Sometimes uh, you can tell from the psalm. You can kind of guesstimate exactly when it was in David's life. Uh, some evidence suggests that uh, some of the psalms attributed, uh, attributed to David, some scholars think they might have been written for David, not by David, uh, but, uh, but this one says a psalm of David, so we're going to assume that this was David writing this psalm. It also says, if you're looking there, uh, Psalm 8, before we read it, it says, according to Giddeth. That's probably very significant. But nobody seems to know what it means. So, uh, so anyway, there's a, there's a, it's probably a musical term. Uh, there, you'll get that a lot in, uh, in, in Psalms. You've got these little uh, footnotes, and it's, it goes down and it says, uh, most likely a musical term. Well, this is one of those. Uh, it's, it's, uh, this, this term, gitteth, is, uh, is on two other Psalms as well as this one. Might have something to do with the fact all three of those Psalms are, are kind of joyful, uplifting, positive Psalms, and so that might have something to do with that. But, but, so that's kind of the 
background, all that being said, Psalm 8, verses 1 through 9 says this. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now, I am definitely going to show my age right now, but I cannot read the words of that psalm without hearing this in my head. Go ahead and play that. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. Oh, Lord, we magnify your name. Anybody else grow up on Sandy Patty and Michael W. Smith? Yeah, a couple of you here. I see that. There's testimonies all over the place. Uh, I'm sure that Smitty wrote the song, pretty sure that, the, that he wrote it, and Sandy Patty made it famous. It's one of the quintessential choruses of the 80s and 90s. Uh, uh, this psalm has been put to music many, many, many times, uh, starting uh, a few thousand years ago that we see, well, that we don't know the tune from back then, but, uh, but uh, uh, it's been put to music. There's a, there's a great version by Keith Green. Maybe you're familiar with his music. I think Carrie Job has a version out, uh, uh, Shane and Shane, uh, even today. Uh, I mean, we don't, we don't know the tune when David wrote these words. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that. Uh, pretty sure he didn't have video with picture in picture and all the wonderful 80s technology that was just uh, amazing. Um, but, uh, uh, but this psalm has been adapted over the generations because it really evokes an outburst of worship. It's one of the psalms that uh, maybe you've heard at least uh, that first and last verse before, uh, that Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Kind of bookends on the psalm, right? The beginning and the last verse are the same. It, it appears that, uh, that uh, because of his experiences in nature, uh, David was inspired to write and sing this, this song of majesty to God. So, just a few things to pull out of this, uh, this, this song today. Uh, considering creation for David, it, it, it first and foremost brought David to a place of worship. Last fall, Rebecca, Nick, and I enjoyed a great trip to uh, Bryce Canyon National Park in southern Utah. The, uh, the, the terrain is just completely different than it is here. Uh, red rocks and, uh, and, and dirt and, and uh, the, the, the mountain cliffs and the ponderosa pines and the rock formations. And we, we thoroughly enjoyed hiking through the, the, the canyons and on the hillsides and on well-worn paths and places where we couldn't necessarily tell where the path was going to go next. One, uh, one big thing that's, that's different out there compared to the, uh, the, the vast amount of, uh, compared to here, is the vast amount of land that they have uh, uh, compared to the amount of people. Uh, I, I looked it up, and, and for perspective, we have just under 12 million people in Ohio, spread over about 45,000 square miles. In Utah, 
they have about a quarter of that population spread over about double the area. So there's a lot less people for the area. Combine that with an elevation of about 8,000 feet above sea level, and the night sky is just so much clearer. I don't, do we have a picture? There it is. I didn't take that. But that is Bryce Canyon. Um, my, uh, my little Android phone couldn't quite pull that off. But we did see, uh, virtually see that. Maybe not quite so vivid. But uh, we went one night to uh, uh, just, uh, what, 10, 15 minutes? away from where we stayed was was Kodachrome Basin State Park and they had a high-powered telescope set up and we took turns all the people there we took turns looking at the night sky through that we actually saw the rings of Saturn it was very very cool but we didn't need that to uh, to appreciate this uh, we didn't need a telescope out there in the middle of nowhere so many stars the Milky, I mean, Milky Way is just amazing sights and so when David saw all of that his heart was stirred, right? First of all, to to worship the God who created it all. If God created that, if God created the the, the moon and the stars and the sun and and all the amazing aspects of nature, that means he's beyond and better than, greater than that. If if this is so amazing, but God created it, uh, he he must be uh, completely other, completely beyond all of that. Uh, Those things are incredible and overwhelming, and God is bigger and better than that. And so it just evoked this uh, eruption of sorts from David. How majestic is your name in all the earth? Now, when David's talking about God's name, He's talking about his character, right? His, his reputation, uh, who God is and, and what he has done. And, and David described God's name here as majestic. Of course, majesty is a term uh, reserved for, uh, uh, for a king, right? Your majesty, right? And, and so we, we don't necessarily know when David wrote this in his life, but most of David's life, he was either anticipating being king or he was king. So for him, the king, to acknowledge someone else, God, as king, majestic, was a pretty big deal. It showed David was submitting to God as the ruler of his life, even though he was the ruler of the, of, of the area at the time. Majesty also means power and might and splendor and greatness. There is no one else, David says, no one else like God. He is beyond compare. Moses declared some of those same thoughts in in a song that he wrote that's recorded in Exodus chapter 15. He says, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament mirrors David's response as well. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. David, in looking at creation, was overcome with worship for the God that our creation points to. I don't know where you visited. There's a few pictures up here. There are some pretty fabulous places on this planet. Uh, there are scenes that will take your breath away. There are features of nature that, that, that we can't hardly comprehend. Oceans and trees and animals and landscapes and lakes and rivers and waterfalls and mountains. And I mean, the, this world is just, just incredible, right? And yet the God who created all of that greatness is greater still. David's consideration of nature first and foremost produced an amazing sense of awe and worship for God. 
And then almost in the same breath here in, here in Psalm 8, uh, that, that same consideration of nature caused David to ask about his own significance. Uh, basically, in looking at the vastness of all of this, especially looking up at the night sky and seeing all these stars and planets and all the things I don't even know and understand, I mean, who am I, he says? Who is, who is mankind? Now, David didn't have the scientific knowledge that we have today, and we're still figuring it out, right? Uh, David didn't know that he sitting on one of eight planets in the solar system, or that the solar system, our solar system, is just one of approximately 3,200 in our galaxy, or that there are billions of galaxies in the universe. There were no high-powered telescopes in David's day, and he was overwhelmed with God's vastness and humanity's smallness without knowing any of that, just looking up at, that, up at that, the, the stars in the night sky on, on a clear night. So how much more... Uh, should all of that scientific knowledge spur us to those same thoughts, right? The same thoughts of majesty of God and the insignificance of humanity. I mean, just think about, think about how small and insignificant you are. Now, that's not a great thought, right? I don't, but, but just, you are one of over 7 billion people currently living on this rock that is hurtling through space, orbiting the sun in this universe of so many planets and stars and moons. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing to think about. And we could get pretty depressed if we think about that. I mean, why would I matter, right? I'm just a speck in the universe. And in verse, verses 3 and 4 here in Psalm 8, we might think that's the direction David is going. What, is, what, what are mere, mere mortals? What, what, what's, what significance do we have? But then he turns a corner and he actually says something, uh, man, almost unthinkable. He says, in this vast expanse of universe, this amazing, incredible world that God has created, uh, this place that seems so incredibly huge, and I'm just a piece of dust in the cosmos, uh, David says, God is mindful of us, that he cares for those specks of dust in the universe. I mean, this psalm just keeps blowing minds on more and more levels. Nature is amazing, and yet God is greater still because he created it all. Uh, Nature is so vast and great and complex that humanity seems small and insignificant, but despite how all of that appears, God knows us and cares about us. And he even, uh, David, David emphasizes this, he even placed us in this vast universe with responsibility over creation. Humanity is, is not just another animal. Uh, God formed man and woman in his image and breathed into our nostrils his spirit, the breath of life. And all of that vast creation has been placed, as David puts it, under our feet. So as incredible as the world is, and God, God says, as, as incredible as the world is, God says you are more incredible. Maybe I need to say that again. Some of you probably don't believe it. Try to get there with me today, because David is underlining and circling and highlighting. As incredible as this world is, God says you are more incredible. He is mindful of you. He cares about you. He placed all of that incredibleness under you. All appearances would indicate that that we're pretty insignificant in this whole scheme of things, but God says you're not. He loves you. He knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Uh, Jesus even highlighted this uh, in the New Testament. He says that God cares about all of creation, but he cares even more about us. Luke chapter 12 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? 
yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Now I know here on this Father's Day that some of you dads and grandpas numbering your hairs might not seem like all that big a deal because there aren't so many left. Um, But this is just an example of how much God loves us. He is aware of worthless sparrows. And he knows the intimate detail. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you, he's mindful of you, and he cares about you. Maybe, I guess, if we're summarizing this psalm, this song of David, it might sound something like this. I don't know. God matters more than anything, and you matter to God. God matters more than anything. All this vast, it's amazing, all this creation, it's incredible. And yet God matters more than that. And you matter to God. You matter to him. No matter how grand and majestic and amazing the world seems around you, God sees you and me as greater than that. He is mindful of us. He loves us. He cares for us. And that's another thought that's, that's so incredible and, and incites another outburst of worship for David, right? Creation points us to worship the God who created it. And knowing that same God created us and knows us personally points us to worship even more. So verse 9 wraps everything up right where it started. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I, I hope, I hope that this psalm points you to worship. Whether it makes you want to pull out your Sandy Patty records or not, I, I don't care, whatever. Um, but the, the truths here are timeless. We're not just stuck in the 80s. We're not stuck 3,000 years ago with David. Uh, The the truths here are just as true today as they were for David when, when he was inspired looking up at that night sky. This psalm, and many others like it, can give us words for what stirs in our hearts, right? For uh, what stirs in our hearts for God. They, They point us to worship. Let this point you to worship him. I hope this psalm also emphasizes how significant you are to God. He made you, he gave you life, he knows you intimately, and he wants you to serve him. The creator of the universe is mindful of you. I hope this psalm stirs a love in you for the God who loves you. And all of this is some great theological stuff, and we need to know it. And those are great takeaways from the, uh, a message today on Psalm 8. I mean, I'm the preacher, I guess I would think that. But, but maybe, there's, maybe there's another takeaway today, and maybe it's simply this. Take the time to get out in nature and consider. David said, when I consider, and he started listing what he's, what he's seeing, right? How often are you considering the things of God? Turn off the phone, turn off the TV, turn off your anxiety, turn off work, turn off your hobby. Get outside and do some considering. <laughs> Maybe that's the, uh, the takeaway you need today. It, it doesn't have to be the Swiss Alps or Machu Picchu or Bryce Canyon. It could maybe be the city park or your own backyard or a nature video on National Geographic. I don't know. I, I, just think about God. Do some considering as you consider who he is and what he has done. I just think we... We spend so much time not considering the vastness of God, the apparent insignificance of humanity, 
and how that makes God's care and concern for us even more significant. So maybe some time under the stars or in the woods or at the beach or out in the parking lot, whatever, some time considering the works of God might just do wonders for our worship. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. 